like to end the week right here on the BWI Daily Edition. So we bring in our heavy hitters on Friday. And every Friday we have Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider, and our expert prognosticator. We'll get to a new segment here on the BWI Daily Edition in a little bit. But first, how's it going, Ryan? Happy Friday. Yeah, man. Excited. About to hit the road. Watch some games here tonight. Uh, week two. Week one was a bit of a bust. Central, Central PA, Mother Nature did not cooperate in the area a couple games got delayed and whatnot and um looks looks like pretty good weather tonight though we had a crappy week so excited to go out and watch uh, a game we're going to talk about here in a little bit yeah mid-70s beautiful weather right after the hurricane rolls through we have we have good weather thursday friday so hopefully that holds for tonight it's supposed to be 75 and beautiful across the state for the the forecast today so if you're heading out to any of these games now you've got a weather forecast, too. We're bringing to everything here on the BWI Daily Edition. Also, injuries kind of marring week one. We'll get to that again in, in just a little bit. But start off with some recruiting tidbits. Anything new or any updates uh, that you want to share with us to start the show? Mm-hmm. Well, it's September 1. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about just the, the ramifications for that in a little bit. Uh, the, the biggest thing, you know, Penn State extended a, a 2023 offer to tight end Andrew Repelier, I believe it is. He's a, a 6'4", 215 tight end out of Milton Academy in Massachusetts. And he actually came up for a visit on September 1, um, which is kind of rare to have a, a, a midweek visit like that. I guess uh, he doesn't start school, I believe, until, until this upcoming week. So he came down in the town, checked everything out. Uh, I haven't caught up with Andrew yet. I'm planning to do that here soon. But, uh, you know, caught up with a couple contacts about it. And uh, they, you know, they really like everything on the field and off the field. And uh, that that's why they you know decide to extend an offer now. Visit visit went really well. So uh, Boston College, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, or excuse me, Virginia uh, have all offered so far. He's a solid three star player and someone I'm looking to learn more about. I haven't haven't been able to watch much film on him yet, but uh, I know Penn State really really enjoyed getting to know him uh, the other day. So that's uh, one little tidbit. There's also more if you want it for uh, Friday because every Friday Ryan does his recruiting mailbag. So bwi.rivals.com. And if you're not a member, bwi.rivals.com backslash subscribe so you can check out the Friday mailbag. Always got great information. In fact, when I'm prepping for the weekend or if I'm looking, if I need to do, do a T. Frank's film room, I read his mailbag every Friday to kind of mentally prep for, okay, what do I need to get prepared for? So it's it's great information. Uh, another one of your articles this week, five things we learned in August. We'll go through a couple of them uh, as we transition into September. Uh, the first thing, Drew Alar, tell us about what we've seen from Drew Alar and what we need to know from August with him. Yeah, well, I mean, look, August was slow. I, I think anybody who follows recruiting knows, uh, you know, that this this compared to June and July, especially, was uh, one of the slower months we've had. And that's what's that's what happens when you have 24 commits in your 2022 class, and uh, you know, especially with 2023 kids who haven't been able to take any visits until uh, two months ago. So uh, there's a couple things though that, that that you know really stood out in in August to me, and, and Drew Alar getting his fourth star was was probably. Um, what garnered the most attention, especially, you know, considering he was a, a 247, had him pretty high up there for a while. And uh, I know, I know a lot of fans were hoping rivals could, could move him up and they did, you know, our, our national team really just didn't get out to see him much in the spring for, you know, one reason or another, just, uh, you know, they, they didn't get to watch him uh, once some other people did. And they, they got that opportunity at Elite 11 and and he was great. You know, he finished in the top half, uh, not just by the, you know, the Elite 11 staff, but uh, a lot of outlets had him, you know, anywhere between six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, Rivals moved him up to number 196 overall. So, you know, into the Rivals 250 
And you, you can be a four-star outside the Rivals 252. So not only did he get a mm-hmm. three-star to a four-star, uh, but, he, but he joined the Rivals 250. And um, I think that's where – I think that's right. I, I, I could see him moving up even a little bit more. He's, he's had a, a solid start to the season, and he's going to have some good games coming up here in the months ahead that uh, will give him that opportunity to move up. But uh, just a couple other things in August that, that stood out to me. You know, he wasn't the only one to move up in the rankings. Caden Saunders yeah. took a huge jump. I believe he was 80 spots to number 78 overall. That made him a top 10 tight end. And Makai Flowers went out to the to the opening and uh, really performed well at safety. And he moved up about 40 spots or so. We, we still have him listed as an athlete. But safety seems to be the spot that uh, I think I think that's where Penn State wants him to play. And, and Makai seems a little more open to that than he did originally. Uh, okay. That was going to be my next question. Because mm-hmm. he was he seemed, especially on his junior film, firmly entrenched of he is a receiver. But it definitely, by the sound of it, he's kind of more open to that then. Yeah, I, I look. I I still don't think there's like a, a concrete decision on that. Um, but just with the way Penn State's brought in some receivers and and the help they need, I think more so at safety, it, it certainly makes more sense. But listen, Makai's a heck of an athlete too. If you, if, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to watch some of his film from um, Manheim Township the other week when he played Anthony Ivy, and, and he did have three drops too, which which is uh, noteworthy, I believe, as far as the wide receiver game goes. But he also had some great catches too. I believe he had six six receptions overall uh, for Central Dolphin East. So. I don't think that's a you know a done deal or anything like that, but I, I do think safety is is where he'll most likely end up. Yeah, yeah, and and as far as his abilities on film, from what we've seen, I'm not surprised. He's he's a super athlete, but pretty raw when it comes to the football side. So him progressing at either position this year is is a good sign, and it sounds like the safety position is is coming into form. A couple other things mm-hmm. that we uh, learned in August. One thing was com- confirming some uh, some things, and uh, the running backs coming into Penn State. Pretty damn good. Awesome. Really damn good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We only had three games, and and one of those games was against Bishop Sycamore. I don't know if you want to spend uh, – we could spend an hour on the Bishop Sycamore saga, uh, which is which is very interesting. But, uh, yeah. you know, Katron yeah. Allen, to, to me, you know, obviously, uh, what was it, one – I think it was 160 yards and two touchdowns in, in little over a quarter against Bishop Sycamore, whatever. Put that to the side. It was the 227 yards and two touchdowns against American Heritage, uh, which I believe we talked yeah. about on the last on the last daily that that really popped out and grabbed the attention of not just myself, scouts, fans, everybody. Uh, you know, American Heritage is is one of the most uh, stacked defenses that that we we see in the entire country with at least six guys that are going to play Division One, three of which are rivals 250 players. So to put up those kind of stats against a stacked team, um, you know, from Florida, nonetheless, is, is great to see. And then, of course, Nick Singleton, 281 yards, five touchdowns against a York squad that played in the District 3 championship last year. Uh, just just a great start. We'll actually get into a game that he's about to play this upcoming weekend here in a little bit that I, I think is uh, something for pan- fans to keep an eye on. Uh, j- just the last thing then for for August was really just kind of some of the injuries that, that we've learned over the last couple of days, or really the last couple of weeks. Of course, deny Dennis Sutton. Uh, dislocating his elbow that that came out around August 17th I believe he, he dislocated the day before against good counsel I, I actually caught up with deny. yeah it, it is but but the good thing is I caught up with deny this past weekend um there this past week excuse me and he will be back here I believe in, in probably about two weeks definitely three weeks uh and and in three weeks from now he has a big big matchup against Abdul Carter and LaSalle of course, I went to go see Abdul Carter and LaSalle play Bishop McDevitt last week, only to learn about 45 minutes uh, before the game that he wasn't going to dress. Uh, w- the exact injury, I'm not exactly sure. Lower lower body minor is kind of where I'm 
I was left to understand, and he should be back soon. I, I kind of got the impression he may have just kind of had a pulled hamstring, but I really don't know that for sure. It's just kind of what some people hinted. And then Jerry, Jerry Cross is kind of one that's gone under the uh, under the radar a little bit. He has a high ankle sprain and, and probably Ooh. won't play until the end of – yeah, it's a tricky injury too. Yes, it is. Uh, won't play most likely until the, the end of September. So that, that was noteworthy and, and one that uh, I thought – um, fan, fans should know about, but uh, you know the most important thing is all three of those are, are injuries that shouldn't knock them out for a long period of time, shouldn't really uh, hamper their long term progression. So that's good enough. Yeah, and and two guys, especially right off the bat, that I know we were both eager to see more film on with Carter. How does he progress as a linebacker from kind of the maturity standpoint, and then denied Dennis Sutton. How does he progress? at all we don't really know uh and it's it's going to be really interesting watching Denai play with that elbow injury because you know those things any injury can linger but the way he uses his hands in that position in general puts a lot of stress on that joint so if he doesn't play up to what you're expecting even if he's very good but again the tape we're we're looking for five star stuff He's injured. That's going to that's gonna be playing a factor going forward, so it's an important thing to remember. But, uh, you know, you can still expect pretty good things from a guy that has, you know, dominated the recruiting circuit and looks like the guy at that position. So that's a really interesting thing to monitor going forward to once again put a little, a little fly in the ointment of the analysis of Deny Dennis Sutton. But we Sep- do have Sep- games Sep- Go ahead. I was going to say, so September September 25th against LaSalle, man. I am I'm absolutely heading down there. That's the same day, I believe, as – is Penn State Villanova. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one and and make sure that I'm down there to watch him play Abdul Carter. So that's I hope to bring back a lot of film for everybody, some good stuff for you to dissect. But that's that's the date everybody should have circled as far as you know, really getting a good feel for deny Dennis Sutton off his injury uh, as defensive end and just his overall potential. Looking forward to it. You know, I love it when you bring me film. The only thing I care about, because we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but a couple of games that you're looking forward to this weekend. Give me two games that you're looking forward to. Uh, it's so so this this week isn't quite as stacked as last week. Although last week, you know, we had some rainouts and and Westerville South, Caden uh, Saunders School, they they got postponed due to COVID. So uh, I, there's actually and so there's let me run through four real quick, and I, I promise okay. I will make it quick because I, I feel like all four need to be mentioned. The, the main one. This week is absolutely Emotep Charter, DeMatha Catholic. That's where I'm headed tonight. Uh, KJ Winston versus Keon Wiley. You, you, whenever you get the opportunity to see two Penn State prospects play each other, you have to take it. So uh, Winston had nine tackles and interception last week. Uh, they, they beat Holy Spirit. Um, and, and Keon Wiley had seven and a half tackles. Four and a half for loss, I want to say, uh, in a win over Pittsburgh Central Catholic. So both players got off to a good start. And and both play on really good teams that you know are ranked nationally. Uh, Imhotep Charter has a ton of players. Ramir Stewart, 2023 safety, 2024 defensive back Kenneth Woosley. I want to say I still haven't figured out 100 how to pronounce his name. I think I said that last week too. Once one of these days, I'll figure. I'll, I'll ask him about it. Oh, maybe, actually, hopefully, I'll get to ask him tonight. And make sure I clarified. I believe it's Kenneth Woosley though. And then 2025 defensive end Zahir Mathis. He already has. I believe approaching 10 offers and, and he's just entering his freshman year. So that should tell you all you need to know. And then DeMatha has a, an absolute stud of a player, a top 50 defensive tackle and Jason Moore. And he's somebody I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up to tonight. So that's a really big game. If there's one game that uh, I, I got to check to see if it's on YouTube or if it's on NFH network, whatever it is, if you're hanging out tonight and, and you want to watch some high school football, make sure that's the one. 
just real quick, three games to mention. Westerville South, Caden Saunders. Their game was canceled last week as COVID, as I mentioned. They're playing a solid Derby Derby squad in um, in Ohio, but both are top 50 programs. And, uh, you know, they, they've, Darby's produced a couple of Division One players over the year, usually the kind of Mac. Mac level schools, uh, not a, don't know any true Division One prospects in that game, but again, it's just a good opponent. And and in in Caden Saunders' first game, his team rushed for three hundred yards. We 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 barely yeah. got any highlights from that. So really looking forward to see. Hopefully, Caden uh, you know makes makes some big plays tonight. Cumberland Valley Central York. Bo Perbula is facing his old head coach. You know that that's going to be fun. Uh, Josh Oswalt was the head coach for for Central York during Bo's uh, sophomore year. He went to Cumberland Valley then, and, and you know now two years later he's going to get to face him. So that's, that'll be a fun one if you're in Central Pennsylvania. And then Wilson, Governor Mifflin. Uh, this is – I probably – this will probably be Nick's best season. Last year they crushed Wilson, though, 48-7, to and uh, I expect Governor Mifflin to probably get a good win again. But uh, Wilson's a pretty solid squad. They had a good win last yeah. week over Central Dolphin, and – you know they're always in the mix for that for that district three championship. So just seeing what Nick Singleton does in week two uh, will be fun to see. And you know, I expect Governor Mifflin to go deep into the playoffs this year. So four good games to keep an eye on. But if if you have to pick one, it's easily Emetep and Dematha. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Bo Perbula because the one thing I, I've taken away from watching so far this season is that there has been a a considerable step forward for Bo Perbula as a quarterback. I was really impressed in his last game with his mechanics, with his anticipation. So we've talked a lot about guys where we want to see more film, and I always want more when it comes to these guys. But I feel now like I have a pretty good handle on what Bo, Bo Perbula is as a passer, and it's I'm I'm really impressed. Now I understand the arm strength, and people have questions about that. There are a couple, you know, 50-50 balls. There are a couple balls that I don't know that were great plays that his receiver made a good play on. But for the most part, he made great decisions with the football. He's quick with his mind, with his feet. So I feel like I know what Bo Perbula is going to be going forward. And I just want to see more of that, more good decisions, more uh, accurate balls underneath and in the intermediate part of the field. So I am now checking him off my list of guys where I feel confident I know what they're going to be translating to the next level. Some quick hitters here before we get into our newest segment here on the show. Um, September 1st, for people that are not avid followers of recruiting tell us why september 1st was an important date and some of the things that came out of that yeah uh well look we've been talking 2023 recruiting all summer and really in the last spring uh, but a lot this summer because of how many guys came and visited but uh, believe it or not penn state wasn't allowed to contact one of those guys on their own whenever they want throughout the entire summer. And basically the way schools go about that is, is they contact high school coaches, let the player know uh, that, that they want to talk. The player has to then reach out to the coaches. And, you know, once, once they get those first couple conversations, they kind of get into a rhythm. And, and, and as long as the player always initiates the conversation, uh, that's how schools get around that and, and recruit uh, guys so young. Well, now September 1, Penn State's allowed to contact these guys basically whenever they want. And, and they, they're not allowed to call on the phone, which is kind of silly because they are allowed to FaceTime and Zoom. And uh, I think that's a rule that we will probably see change. Yeah, I know, right? That, that's a rule we'll probably see change. Uh, FaceTime and Zoom have really blown up over the last two years, especially uh, with, with yeah. COVID and all that. So that's a rule I think we'll see change at, at some point. But, uh, you know, they allow the text basically whenever they want. They're allowed to shoot kids' messages on, on uh, social media. And as I said, they, they can set up FaceTimes and Zoom. So just, just being able to initiate conversations. So we, we've talked about so many 2023 guys who already have a lot of interest in Penn State, all right? And these are yeah. guys who are 
obviously reaching out to the staff and, and they want to build a relationship. But there's also a lot of guys nationally who just don't really understand Penn State's interest yet. And and now Penn State's how to really express that interest. So just going through, you know, Twitter feeds and whatnot, there's a lot of top top national guys. Santama Fleming was a, a top player from American Heritage. I, I know he he was posting out there that he talked to Penn State. And, and there's a ton of others. We, we could roll through names. But the main thing I just I want to stress now is that Penn State can start initiating conversations with these players. And, and with that, you know, I think you may see a few more national guys, guys that we weren't talking about over the past couple months, maybe come up for an Auburn game, maybe come up for a Michigan game or, or attend a junior day once we get to January and February. So Penn State can just now contact these guys, uh, you know, pretty much w- whenever they want. And, and that's when we'll get these relationships really rolling. Keeping you as busy as possible during the busiest possible part of the year. I had a There's really good that, Ryan. <laughs> August was great. I got to go away with my with my family for uh, you know nine nine or so days, and and I needed that. It was a good recharge. So I'm ready. Like we're, you know, I, I like taking that late August vacation. You know, a week or two before the season because uh, you know it's it's easy this week with an away game, and and even Ball State, there there probably won't be a big visitor list for that. Penn State usually keeps that first week down a bit. Uh, although, you know, after a year of COVID and no visits, now I say that, it'll probably be like 60, 70 kids, of course. But, of yeah. course, once we once we get to Auburn week, that's when you're going to see the, you know, the 120-some kids on the sideline all wearing white and uh, excited to see the white out. But, yeah, we're ready to roll, man. This is this is good. This is, this is when it gets fun. One last thing, because you can't not talk about something like this, but Quinn Ewer signs a $1.4 million uh, name, image, and likeness. I think it was an autograph deal uh, at Ohio State. So... What do you think? What's your initial Crazy thought? Money. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my initial thought right now is that this is part of the 1%. Of, there's a handful of yeah. guys getting these crazy deals right now, and you're not going to see this, um, you know, at, like I said, probably 99% of the rest of the, you know, FBS college football players. Uh, you know, I, I think the market will correct itself at some point. This seems outrageously high to me, uh, but, you know, I, I, I I assume that these guys are smarter than I am when it comes to, you know, analytically what to pay these guys. So they, they clearly see something. And of course, Quinn Ewers is a, is a monster name out there. Uh, but just, just that kind of money seems just ridiculously high to me, but good for him, man. Yeah, of course he has that, uh, the other contract with, um, is it a Kim, a com- kombucha company, something I like that. I, I, yeah. I think kombucha. it's kombucha. Yeah, I don't drink it. I don't know. But, uh, but he, you know, he has at least two awesome endorsements now, which I think are paying him like two million dollars, which is absolutely absurd. I assume that's, that's absurd. Probably not all lump sum. I, I would assume that's going to be spread out over the next handful of years. But uh, yeah. you know, uh, what what I'm really just curious to see though is is Penn State wise because it, it does kind of feel as if Penn State isn't on that level yet. And of course, I don't think that you know they don't have the Saquon Barkley. I think if if there was a Barkley yeah. here, you'd see maybe something different. But you know, I'm just waiting to kind of see some of those bigger deals drop for Penn State guys, and and maybe um you know maybe it'll come with time. Of course, you know win- winning is a big part of it, and um you know I know you and I were kind of discussing that earlier. You think if they they can take that next step, it'll help a lot. Yeah. Um. Uh, first off, fun fact: I used to brew my own kombucha, so I'm Hell not yeah. sending Quinn Ewers, but I used to brew my own kombucha. It is it is like it's like healthy it. for you? Like, is it like what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Drain? So it's a pro. So it's a probiotic, and okay. it's uh, it's made with a giant piece of fungus essentially okay. so it's this, it's this living organic thing that then creates this byproduct from tea and it's it's delicious like it's the closest thing you can get to pop with no sugar like so you it eats the sugar pop. and huh you just called soda pop 
I do. That uh, you know what? It, in my head, it's 50-50 because I've lived in State College for long enough, and everyone's like, "It's soda." I grew up saying "pop," so uh, the carbonation makes a pop when you open it. That is what I'm that. looking for. That's what I want. So I was making my own kombucha for a while. Not worth it. <laughs> Took up my whole Sunday. Uh, but yeah, Back when it comes. <laughs> when it comes yeah i i've got way too much to do on sunday it's great in in like march it's great in april but as soon as there's anything to do on a sunday there's that's just not worth it um but yeah when it comes to winning and losing of games when they win when penn state wins and they get on a big stage and they do those things this is the baked in element of being in the college football playoff and having a head start on every new thing that happens Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, the list goes on. You know the names. They have this built-in advantage, and it's just going to continue until a Barkley hits or there is a, a an opening of the college football playoff or you get in and you get mm-hmm. a guy who performs on those big stages. That's how that changes because I've heard people say time and time again that Penn State has a disadvantage when it comes to not being in a big city. And sure, you don't have those initial advantages, but Ryan, I was driving around yesterday. And I saw a Bugatti and like an uh, a, uh, a, nice a BMW X something or other. Like it was a it was a street racing car. So st- money knows how to find State College. Is my point. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. uh, one of the one of the students coming from out of the country or if it's money for a football player. Money will find the places it needs to go. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. And speaking of money. Our latest segment, I think, is going to be a hit here on the BWI Daily Edition. We are now bringing out Snyder's Best Bets. Each week, we're going to break down some (laughs) games from college football that Ryan has his eye on. And he's going to give me and you an education in, in, you know, where to place your money, where to give you the inside track. So you can beat the market. We got a good list of games this week. We'll always have the Penn State game on here, but you can see North Carolina, Indiana at Iowa, West Virginia at Maryland, Miami, Alabama, LSU, UCLA, Clemson, Georgia, Notre Dame, Florida State. Uh, what is the one that stands out to you? I know that this whole list stands out to you, but what's the one that you're looking at right now? Okay, so well, first off, let's save Penn State for last. And okay. if, if out of these games that I I like the most I, I actually think the Terps man I, I like I like really? Maryland uh, yeah yeah so I, I've been high on Maryland all off season uh, if you listen to the a podcast that uh, David and uh, Greg and I a couple weeks ago we tried to you know pick some some season overs and whatnot I think I don't think Maryland's gonna win eight nine games or anything but I, I like their team total of, of over five and a half I think they can get to six wins this year and I think this is a game they gotta have uh, at home against West Virginia getting getting three points yeah I just think there's a lot to learn still uh, about West Virginia and um you know, I think the Terps, uh, you know, they, they, they played well in, in some season openers in recent years. And I, I think they have a, a good mix of talent coming back. And, and really, I, I thought they would have had a decent season last year if it didn't get cut off. So, you know, out yeah. of all those games, if, if I had to pick one that I liked the most, I think it would be Maryland getting three. So we'll, I'm going to look probably silly now with this. But, uh, yeah, I, that, that's probably where I land right now. But but we pick these games mainly because they're they're the big games of the weekend, and I know yeah. you know fans are, are interested. Gambling's legal in Pennsylvania and so many other places now. Uh, we have people talking about it all the time on our board. So you know, for What's this the week, proper term we, we, by the way, 
I so what, I what do you mean? I signed up today. I signed up yesterday so that I could gather the information. Signed up to my first ever sports betting site. So what I want to say, you know, here's Ryan's best bets and where to. Am, how do I f- properly phrase it? Because for a long time you weren't allowed to phrase it in a certain way. I can say whatever I want when I introduce a segment, right? Yeah, I mean, I just call it sports betting. You know, I don't, I don't know what else, what else to call it than that, or, or wagering. You know, handicapping Wager. if you really want. Hand- I mean, yeah, to you me, you had to find I, I creative ways better. to say it before, and when I can just say gambling, and then everyone go like in my head, it was like it's like when you bite a fork. It was like that. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I don't think that that was good. So okay, sports betting. There we go. Uh, by the way, that's, the over under. Uh, on the point total in that game is 57 for Maryland, West Virginia. Are you looking at that at all? Uh, no, I, I just like getting getting the three. Um, okay. And and now look, it, one thing I'll and I'll stress here now and and you know throughout the the next uh, couple couple weeks when we do this, or I guess the next couple months, uh, there's it's a, if you're into this stuff. Always search around. Always look around because there are, especially now that it's legal in Pennsylvania, you can get a lot of different numbers. I mean, this is there's plus threes, there's plus two and a half. Uh, another game we'll discuss a little bit. There's a difference of one and a half points. So I'll always just kind of, um, you know, point to the direction that's that's best bet for wherever I'm leaning. And, and right now, uh, getting plus three for for Maryland at, at DraftKings, uh, you know, bet three six five, bet MGM. We we can go into a bunch of them. But uh, you know, if if you're going to bet the Terps here, just make sure you, you you find a plus three because they're out there instead of a plus two and a half. Yeah, and if there's ever a sponsor that's uh, interested, we can make it exclusive. You just have to let us know. Uh, let's let's roll through some of these games. North Carolina, Virginia Tech, that one is coming up tonight, so let's start there. Uh, you got North Carolina, they got five and a half on the – I'm sorry, Virginia Tech is five and a half on this. What what are you looking at in this game? What what stood out to you about this one? So, so this is kind of hits on the point I was just bringing up is, you know, we, we bring up five and a half, but you can get all the way up to, to six and a half depending on – where you look and that's what's what's fun i guess about you know having having betting legal now is there's so many options to to look yeah. around so yeah. for example i so for me this is definitely not a game i would play just because there's there's a lot of variables north carolina lost a lot last year yeah. uh, but you know, yeah, yeah for for this segment i i I like kind of virginia tech getting the points and right now you you can find a couple places at, at plus six and a half and long story short, if it actually does get to seven, which I'd be surprised if it does, I think it's better chance it drops back down to to six or you know, there's five a lot of five and a half too. So that's why I'd be surprised if it gets to seven. But if it did get to seven, I think Virginia Tech's a decent decent play here. Uh, they, they've pulled quite a few upsets at home in, in recent years as, as being a home underdog. I believe um, what was I reading? I think ESPN had it right up the other day where it was you know they I think they've they've pulled. I forget the number was. I apologize. It's basically everybody they play at home that's an underdog, not named Clemson. They actually can. Yeah. They actually can have. So Sam Howell's a great quarterback, man. He was actually somebody I mentioned previously as a as a Heisman candidate, as somebody you know if you're going to wager on Heisman to, to play, and I think he will be great. Uh, but they lost a lot of a lot of talent at running back, a lot of talent at, at wide receiver. Going yeah. to Blacksburg Friday night, no fans in the last year. Getting getting you know almost a touchdown. I will kind of lean that way. So, but it, but you know. And maybe in, in weeks to come, uh, we'll, we'll try and find games that I absolutely love, even if it's you know Tulane or UConn or whatever it may be. Yeah. And this this yeah, would yeah. be one that I absolutely you know would would play. Uh, but but if I was leaning one way or the other, I think I would take the points. Yeah, and Virginia Tech always has a good defense. That's the thing playing at home. Even I I know you're 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 really getting down into a narrow sample, but 
early in the game versus Clemson last year. They hang, they hung tough with Clemson for a while. They frustrated Trevor Lawrence. They've got a really good defense year in and year out. That's why when I'm looking at the uh, at the over under 63 in this one, I would go under. You know what you just said, losing Diami Brown, Javante Williams, uh, Michael Carter, Daz Newsome. I loved his his tape coming out of the draft. He was just a mm-hmm. nasty physical slot receiver, and all that's gone. So it's really all on Sam Howell. And if you think that a quarterback can just throw to anybody, look at what happened to Sean Clifford last year when he lost his yeah. top running back and when he lost his top tight end. So it, you know, the, don't bet on that every single year. Not saying that North Carolina isn't a good team. But just that that production, those points that they got last year, I don't I don't know that you can you can bank on that. Um, moving mm-hmm. on, Indiana, Iowa. This one coming in pretty dang close here. Uh, Indiana plus three and a half. Yeah, love the Hawkeyes here. Uh, this is actually you know if when you asked me earlier my best bets that, that this would be a close second to Maryland. It may actually even be a slight edge over Maryland. I just look, I think everything fell right for Indiana last year. Uh, you know, when yeah. it, just everything, even, even those two point diving conversions that we know wasn't a two point conversion. Uh, sorry, Indiana fans, but uh, you know, I like the Hawkeyes at home. You know, I, they, I believe they're given three. So getting three or given three, I, I believe, I forget what it is off the top of my head, but either way, I like, I think they're given three. Uh, yeah, I like the yeah. Hawkeyes here. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I'll, I, I believe I was a, a dark horse to kind of win the big 10 West this year. If I was actually, you know, playing who who will probably end up playing Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship and, and you know, look at odds-wise, uh, instead of playing Wisconsin, I'd, yeah, I'd take the juicier odds with Iowa. So uh, don't, don't really have much else to say than that. I just – I'm not as high on Indiana. I think they take a step back this year, and uh, Iowa's always a very solid squad, season opener. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll yeah. pick the Hawkeyes. What is Michael Penix Jr.'s injury status this year? Because I know that there's there's always one every year. What did he end up going out with last year? I forget. Because that's a big thing I, to me. I, my mind has been so frazzled since the summer, dude. Like, yeah, yeah I can't. I, well, I, I can rattle off a thousand. Yeah, I can rattle off a thousand twenty twenty three kids names, but uh, <laughs> injuries right now are the last thing on my mind from last season. But that's, I guess, that's my point. Is he's a good quarterback, but I don't know that he's super reliable to be in the game at all times. When he is, they're a good team, and and you know that defense in Indiana now is going to be consistently good. Uh, Mike, Micah McFadden, I think is his name, the linebacker. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. He is a battering ram. And I love Trayvon, Trayvon Mullen in the corner. But you're right. When it comes to team to team, the the depth at Indiana, the, the ability to play a full schedule and play up to that level, that's going to be the biggest question and a, a big test right out of the gate. I don't blame you. I also look at that over under 46. That's about right. <laughs> this yeah. is not going to yeah, be I, the I, Indiana team that's that's putting up forty-seven points in a game this year. I just don't see that part happening. Uh, we, I see uh, Indiana yeah. having. Two, let me cut you off real quick. I see Indiana yeah. having two losses by the time they get to Penn State. I think they lose to Iowa and I think they lose to Cincinnati. That's well. That's a big one then because Cincinnati. That's another guy. That's another team to watch out for this year uh, with mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Obviously, a team every year that you've got to watch out for: Alabama, Miami here. I don't know that I've ever seen this before. Miami getting 19 and a half points in this game. Wow. Yeah. And I'll take, and uh, I won't take those points. I will take Alabama, lay them. I mean, look, dude, they, they're in this, they do this every year. They have a yep. neutral site game against a decent opponent, not a world beater, but a, you know, a good name. And they romp them. They're yep. 11 and two against the spread in these season opener, neutral site kind of games. And when you look, this is what I'm talking about with buying 
um, you know, buying or looking for, you know, different spreads at different books, we can find 18 and a half and all the way up to minus 20 here. So take the 18 and a half. I believe it's with it's with DraftKings. Uh, and I would bet it sooner or later because I, I expect people to, to bet Alabama pretty big here. De'Aaron King's a yeah. good player. They have a few other pieces, man. And look, Alabama lost a lot. I'm actually really high on Georgia, who we talked about in, in the most recent part, well, was a couple weeks ago in our, you know, our, our season preview and, and all those gambling picks. And I, I have Georgia to bet a couple of different ways. We'll talk about them in a second. Um, and I think Alabama loses a lot. And that's why, that's why I took Georgia, but, but Miami's, just, I don't know, man, he's not on that kind of level. This is, this yeah. is Nick Saban. They reload more than not. Um, yep. You know, I expect them to win by 24. That's, that's also, I think people are overlooking too much. The fact that De'Aaron King had a gruesome knee injury during the bowl game last year. And there's just not mm-hmm. enough time to come back from, uh, a, I don't know if his knee was dislocated, but it was an ACL and an MCL and some meniscus damage all at the same time. And like, you just can't be the same person in less than 12 months. You can play mm-hmm. and he can play, but part of what made Derek King and, and Miami dangerous is his ability to extend plays, his ability to those vertical balls. And if you play man coverage, he can run underneath and he can eat up gobs of yards and he's a good decision maker. The problem is that part. I don't think you can, you can expect to be there. Plus like he's a good athlete, but Alabama's fielding, you know, an all rookie squad every single year on their team going into the NFL. So like, is he better than all of those athletes? Mm-hmm. Certainly not at this point. So I don't, I don't think you can even say the dark horse here, Miami with a, with a puncher's chance because they're coming in with their, with their uh, lead thing that they want to do on offense is, is not effective. So I agree with I you. Think I, I think these points here are fair. Even if he's 100%, man, he's not doing that against Alabama. You know, it's, it's well, a different thing. Cover. I, I would say the difference is maybe they could cover, but I don't know that they're don't going to do any more than that in this game. That's all. Just every year we see this, and people are like, oh, is this going to be the year that, you know, one of these teams, you know, sticks with Alabama, and then they lose by 24, 31. I think the average, yep. uh, you know, I think the average over the year, I thought it's all sad. It was like they, they, they normally win by like 24. So I, I just see this being another one. They win by 21, win by 24, and, you know, on to the next one. Here, here's a line that I think has gotten a little bit closer over time. LSU, UCLA, just in the last week or so, UCLA looks good in the first week. Uh, was Hawaii, but they look good. UCLA mm-hmm. plus two and a half. They're hosting LSU. What do you think? Another example. Another example of shop around, man. You can get plus three at a lot of places too, and that's what I would take. I'll take UCLA because I'm really high on UCLA this year. This is another team that uh, we talked about in our previous pod. I actually like them at plus a thousand to win the big the Pac-12. Now, obviously, Oregon's a pretty good favorite there, but if you're you know you're yeah. searching for for value uh, at a plus a thousand, I, I like UCLA. And, um, you know, there's another team that I expect to go over their total, man. They lost a handful of games last year by just a couple points. They're, they're, they're a really solid squad. And, you know, Chip, Chip Kelly hasn't, I don't, it hasn't been as quick as I think a lot of people were hoping uh, he, he would turn around UCLA. And, um, you know, LSU still, still has a lot to prove after last year. They had a ton of injuries last year. LSU will be a better yep. team. And I actually wouldn't be shocked if LSU has like a home field advantage here. Did you watch that, that UCLA? DLA by game last week, man. There was nobody there. Well, nobody. I thought they were still in COVID back. restrictions. I honestly thought like oh, they true. couldn't have I people there. But I don't oh, know. It. I don't know. I think they can. Actually, yeah, I know. I think point. they can. It was just that nobody went. That's what I, I mean. I don't think anyone it's, goes. 
<laughs> to UCLA games. Like that's that's yeah. kind of what I've seen in recent years. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's actually more LSU fans in it than UCLA. But hey, I'll just I'll take the points here, man. I I, I like UCLA getting a couple points. They've um, you know, they've they've shown me a decent amount uh, over the years. I like their quarterback. I like Chip Kelly, and uh, LSU has a lot of questions here. So I'll roll the dice uh, with the Bruins. Yeah, I I I'm staying away from this game because I don't trust Chip Kelly. Maybe more so on the college <laughs> level. I've thought he's perennially overrated. A guy that you know, we see these guys that innovate. They come in, they change either college football or the NFL, and then that's their trick, right? So they mm-hmm. do that one thing. And then they don't really evolve. And and truthfully, I probably have not been paying enough attention to UCLA. But when I have watched their games and I've done a couple of their games, um, it's just another college offense. Like I, but the only thing I like less than that is Ed Orgeron without Joe Brady. So yeah. I, you know, I lean LSU, but I don't like anything here. I really don't yeah. like anything in this game. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. Dorian Thompson. I forget his last name. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Robinson. I think uh, that sounds I'm right. screwing up on our podcast right now. It sounds, I know it's, <laughs> I know it's uh, two decimals there, but uh, yeah, just long story short, I, I'll just take the points, man. I, I've been high on UCLA for a while. I've yeah. been talking about this for three weeks now. Um, you know, this one could go either way, but I, I think UCLA is going to be a team that impresses this year. I think they can get to seven, maybe even eight wins. And, and if they, they want to get to there, they, they got to get this win. We've got two more games we're going to look at and a couple of really big ones. Probably we're, we're going to end with the second biggest game of the weekend. If you consider that, Alabama, when they show up, it's the biggest game. Um, but Clemson, Georgia, that, by the way, before we get to Penn State and Wisconsin, Clemson, Georgia, Clemson uh, minus three in this game. What do you think? I know you've got a lot of opinions about the Bulldogs. It is Dorian Thompson Robinson, by the way. I looked it up. I, we, I had, we had it right. Uh, so, okay, so I've been high on Georgia for a long time. And then, of course, uh, after I go on YouTube and run my mouth about Georgia, uh, a bunch of guys are out. <laughs> of course, it, it mainly <laughs> Tyke Smith and the safety because they, their their defensive uh, backfield was was maybe their their biggest issue last year. So I'm going to yeah. leave over 50 here. I think both teams can, can definitely get uh, four touchdowns each in this one. I, I just expect a, a really fun game, man. I, I, I truly believe either team can win this. Uh, and, and, you know, that's kind of why I'm I'm so high. I'm really high on Georgia mainly because I just I feel like Alabama will take a bit of a step back. And, you know, when, yeah. you, when you look at trying to place value when it comes to future bets and whatnot, I just thought uh, that that was a, a good value on Georgia. I think we got them at plus plus 250 to win the SEC and then plus uh, 800 or so um, to, to, to win the national championship. I just, you know, show me a team as talented as Georgia at those odds. That's just kind of was my mindset behind that. So, uh, but yeah. plus 50 here, I, I was normally leaving Georgia over the last couple of weeks, but a couple of those injuries, they, they scare me a little bit. Uh, but, but I expect to see something, something pretty fun here, maybe a 31, 28 kind of game, something like that. Uh, it should be a really fun one Saturday night. I know we're all want to get uh, our work done after the, the Penn state Wisconsin game. So we can sit down and watch this one. What are you thinking? Well, you know, my biggest question, and I hate to be simplistic, but people always give credit to the returning quarterback. Mm-hmm. But when your returning quarterback is JT Daniels, I, I don't really know what to do with that. I, I was, I've never really been impressed with JT Daniels. Um, I'll have to look at him a little more in depth, but he's never really stood out to me as a guy that is a is a clear difference maker at that position. But as far as you're, you're right, when it comes to the recruiting, when it comes to the talent level, Georgia is is right up there with everybody else. And I, I you know, this game to me, in these close games, I'm I'm very conservative. 
very conservative with these things. So I, I think more than anything, I'm looking at that over under and I'd put it over 50, but I don't know yeah. that I'm putting either way on this one because it's really just, it, it, it's, it's, it's too close to call. There's too many things to both, you know, uh, both teams are really good. And I, and then you have to get into the individual really? matchups, which I haven't really gotten into those. So I, I, I'm staying away from this one because of the talent on the field. I think a lot of things can go pretty quickly in a different way. Uh, Notre Dame, Florida State. Here's one that I have no problem with. Give me the points here with Notre Dame. Uh, they're minus 7.5 in this game because Florida State, until proven otherwise, is dead. Time of death was like six years ago. So mean. They're recruiting well now, but those guys aren't going to be on the field uh, this week. Right. Yeah, I'm right there right. with you, man. I, I, I'll uh, I'll give seven points. And, and this is another one example. You can find seven and a half. And you can find seven. Pretty simple. You like Florida State? Make sure you get that hook. Uh, if, you, if you if you like the Irish, make sure you, you find 10. it at minus seven. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, look, I, I've 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 tried to buy into Florida State in recent years, but I, I'm right there with you uh, until they until they show me they can bounce back. I just I can't buy into them. To me, they're you know good season for them is seven and five, six and six. Yep. That, that just kind of feels like they're ceiling this year. And uh, yeah, Notre Dame is going to take a step back, but they they can still win nine, ten games this year, and, and this should be yep. one of them. So this will be, I believe, it's a Sunday night, right? I think this is the Sunday night game uh, mm-hmm. on, on ABC. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. So, uh, but I'll, I'll roll with the Irish here. Something we talked about last week quickly, then we'll get on to our main event is. My biggest problem with Notre Dame is that they cannot develop a quarterback. You know, from Brandon Winbush all the way on, Brian Kelly's had a lot of high-quality talent come through there, at least as far as recruiting is concerned. And I know that they've been going after a lot of dual-threat guys. They want guys that are mobile, but I just don't feel like they do anything with it. And and that, to me, with Ian Book now moved on to the NFL, there is the I – would, I would normally say – I knew what his ceiling was, and I'm I'm not ever concerned about Notre Dame from that perspective with Ian Book there. There's the open opportunity to improve there, but then the question is, can Brian Kelly do that? I don't think that's the case, but I just really don't like Florida State. <laughs> I just yeah. think they're that bad that I can have that that opinion about Notre Dame and still think Florida State has absolutely no chance because you know the the domination and and everywhere else. Notre Dame is really good. They they develop guys really well on the defensive side of the football. Uh, from the D-line backward, they, they're they really good at making good football players better, and that's what I'm banking on on that one. Uh, speaking yeah. of uh, making good football players better, but can they get those great football players? We're moving on to our main event, Wisconsin, who I'm speaking of there, and Penn State. This one coming in, Penn State getting five and a half points in this game. Where, where do we start with this one, Ryan? hard <laughs> this one i've been so <laughs> torn on man so again if we go back to the previous podcast i i said i i would take wisconsin given four and a half and now it's up to five and a half i don't feel good about it at all if it got to six i think you got to play penn state i really do look these teams are pretty even man there's there's a yeah. lot there's a lot to learn on both this is one to stay away from it, it i know penn state fans aren't going to want to do that uh there, there's yeah. part of me that thinks the over here uh, there's so much to learn on both sides. I mean, I want to believe that Penn State's linebacker core and, and some of the guys that they're you know they're bringing in on the defensive line, we know their secondary will be solid. I, I want to believe yeah. that they're going to take that next step, which is um, you know why, why you would probably take under 50. But there's there's part of me that thinks that there's there's just they have a lot to lot to climb to, a lot to improve on still in, in those two units, and that's 
it's probably why I would maybe lean over 50. I, I think Penn State can score 24. I think I think Wisconsin can, um, you know, get 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 around 30 or so. I, I, I there's part of me that thinks Wisconsin's going to squeak this one out, but man, that, I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State wins either. I'm so torn. I know this yeah. is not what you guys want. Uh, I would say this: if you're going to play Penn State, I would just play the money line at plus 180. Yeah. I, I think it's just a better value than the points there. To, to me, this is a Wisconsin win by seven. Uh, I, I don't really see Wisconsin winning by three. I mean, it, it'll be a good game, but uh, if you're going, if you want to play Penn State, man, just just take the 180. That's that's I think the best bet. Can I can I completely go out of character on this one? Because I so here's the deal, I. I'm always about show me where are the facts. Give me the proof. Don't just give me your opinion about something. Same I mean, here. hell, that I, 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 that's how I ended up working at PFF. Is like I wanted to find the answer, so I went to the people that watched all the film and collected mm-hmm. all the information. But earlier this week, we spoke to Sean Clifford post practice, and I'm gonna get all wooey mysticism here. Sean Clifford is a is is one of those guys that he's very smart and his own thoughts interrupt his own thoughts. So he's a very tangential speaker. He'll start mm-hmm. answering your question and then he'll go over here and he'll he'll talk to you about something here. So like usually that means somebody's really intelligent and and they have a hard time just putting all their thoughts in a line. Mm-hmm. He was the most lucid I've ever heard him when we talked on Wednesday. He was calm. He answered the questions in beautiful fashion. I know like he's like 25 now, like he's, a, he's a man now. So part of that is probably mm-hmm. growing up and, and all those things. And he was, he, my point is he has never looked more confident when I've talked to him than he did on Wednesday. He's never been more self-assured and in the moment than when I saw him Wednesday, that plus some of the things, you know, just looking at the Wisconsin secondary and their aggressiveness in man coverage, I have no problem with taking the five and a half here. I think that's a solid bet at the very least. Early, I was given Wisconsin this by a field goal and a prediction. I don't know. Maybe by Saturday, maybe by tomorrow, I'm thinking Penn State could pull the upset here just because of complete, like literally one 10-minute interaction throughout all (laughs) the logic, everything I've learned, whatever. Sean Clifford looks good. That's my analysis. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Penn State won six to the last seven against Wisconsin, which was something I actually didn't quite realize until I was going through it the other day. But, uh, like, I mean, I just – my honest opinion, just from being around the team, going to practices, watch it. And I know Penn State fans want to bet their team. Just – you'll learn so much from your team from watching this game. You you have yep. ample opportunities to bet Penn State all year. Or at least watch the first quarter even. I think we'll learn so much in, in just the first quarter here about yep. uh, everything from Yurch's offense to some of the, the holes they have to fill on defense. To me, you know, watch that watch watch those first couple drives and I think it'll tell you so much. So just that that would be my best get. But you know, if you have to play this game, the value to me, these are two pretty even teams. Take the plus one eighty. Uh, you know, you don't have to lay a ton to, to almost double your money. That to me, that just makes the most sense. These are these are definitely more even teams. And like I said, if it got to six, that you absolutely have to play Penn State. To me, this is this is a hard one, man. I've struggled on this one for two and a half weeks now. Well, I think you've given solid advice here. You've given solid insight. Just like I always say, we want to end the week right, so we go to our our heavy hitter, Ryan Snyder, our recruiting and sports betting insider, now I'm gonna, titles I'm get- and all. I'm going to miss out on all these. I Sorry I cut you off. We're going to go like one and seven. But, hey, can I just give me one second here? So, sure. if I was – there are actually games we were playing. Like, again, I was trying to pick the, the big games that people like. 
but there are a couple that I actually like truly like. I like Northwestern okay. over Mi- Michigan State. I like Stanford. Uh, shoot, who's Stanford playing again? I'm drawing a blank. Kansas State. I like. Yeah. I, okay. I don't know why. I just just from reading around some people this week, I, I like to follow what we call sharp money. Uh, and you know, just just from reading a few friends of mine uh, that, that I follow, whether it's on Twitter or even I do actually have a friend or two in Vegas. The Stanford and, and Northwestern are two two um, two teams getting some decent money. Georgia Clemson over that was another one I mentioned earlier. That's that's another one getting some decent money. I mentioned UCLA already. Uh, and you know, there's actually some money coming in on Temple over uh, getting a bunch of points against Rutgers. That, that I, I'm not touching that one, but especially you know, it was moved now, so it's been moved. That ooh, yeah, I don't like. That. Oh yeah, true. Is it like plus fifteen and a half, two touchdowns. I don't know. I, I'm interested because people seem extremely down on Temple. I, I don't know enough about Temple right now, but uh, there does seem to be some some good money coming in on Temple, Stanford, and Northwestern. We'll see what happens. All right, there you have it. That is uh, the BWI Daily Edition for the week. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, it's Penn State versus Wisconsin at noon. That you already knew. But in case you haven't heard, BWI Live. Follow along. We're going to have a live post game here. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, your host of the BWI Daily Edition. I will be your host for a live post game show on YouTube. So set your alarm for after the game. We're going to be doing a live reaction show, give you the stats, the plays that mattered, and I'll be giving you the insight about about what happened Penn State versus Wisconsin however it breaks we'll have it for you here on YouTube that's the BWI daily edition we'll be back here on this show on Monday